0: To down miffed to dunk. Yeah. Um, miffed and peeved. Miffed and peeved. Yeah, a way of saying like you're angry or you're mad. Don't be miffed and peeved. Miffed. Don't be miffed and peeved. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't I don't
1: know, it. know it. I know you've in the world. It's a real world. It's, it's a real one. It's, it's real. Real. I don't That's a real it. one. I don't think it,
0: but it's a <laughs> real one. Not in your vocab? Down to dunk. Yes.
1: This is Stephen Adams. Don't be miffed and peeved. No, you can't be miffed and peeved. Sorry. This is Stephen Adams. You can't be miffed and peeved because you're listening to Down to Dunk.
0: Welcome to Down to Dunk. This is your host, Andrew Schlecht. We're part of DailyThunder.com. Also, Dash Radio, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 5 o'clock Central Time. If you're listening, we are at Oklahoma City Thunder Show. With me today is my good friend, Michele Barra. Michele, what's up?
1: it's a great day started with a good podcast now i'm doing another one i feel like i'm i can podcast for the last for the next like eight hours straight so that's that's awesome
0: if you guys are also uh subscribers to thunder after dark you've already heard McKelly's voice we'll touch on some of the same stuff but we try to take more of like a bird's eye view on this show we'll talk about how the thunder have been overall we'll talk about you know what the Thunder are going to do this week, so don't worry. You're not going to get the same show that you did. Um, but McKelle is the best, and so we're we're excited that you're on our show Thank weekly. You. So uh, the Thunder lost last night McKelle to a team called the Phoenix Suns, who are now 16 and 26 <laughs> and have an eight and 14 home record. Uh, this is a bad team. Uh, the Thunder, you know, gave them a lot of easy shots. Uh, yeah. Dragon Bender just completely lit himself on fire. It was just so crazy. He hit six threes. Um, they're all wide open, uh, but he still hit six threes. And uh, you know what? What went wrong
1: last night, McKelly? Well, um, I think that the the issue was, and Patrick Patterson probably um, nailed it in the like after the game. It sometimes the, the like the commitment and the energy level that OKC places on the floor against subpar uh, NBA team uh, it's it's not great and sometimes they go on a roll like against the Lakers uh, and when they struggle to hit shots like they did in the beginning of the game um, and they allow like open trees it's sometimes happens that they, they cannot go into the lead in the first half and then everything Goes like badly. Even if in the third day they, they tried uh, to to get it straight, uh, I think that the number here is thirty nine, which is the number of um, three pointers that uh, OKC allowed that night uh, last night. Yes, it's it's too much. Uh, it's way too much. I mean, I and if you if you look at when OKC um, struggles uh, more is when they allow a huge number of trees. Mm-hmm. And probably that that's that's applies to any team, but especially if you if you base your old defense on switching to avoid those trees. If you if you allow the other team to shoot thirty nine, it means that you didn't have any uh, defensive uh, like uh, focus and concentration and energy because again all the defensive schemes of the thunder this season was to like allow uh as few threes as possible and so uh, it's it's not it's not been good last night on that end yeah and it's not like they
0: can't be good they certainly do miss andre and i i think that it's really hard to place like the value on how much they need him or don't need him. I don't think that people can like properly rate Andre Robertson. Because like last night they're like, oh my gosh, the Thunder need Andre Robertson so much. Oh my. you know, they would have they would have killed this team if they had Andre like maybe not. Like they with as poorly as everybody else is rotating and the way the defense looked, they may have not even won that game with Dre. Um but then whenever the Thunder do have Dre and they lose, everybody's like, well the Thunder don't need him at all. Well it's like well <laughs> neither of those are really true. Like he's a very valuable defender. I think that he is kind of the glue that makes that switchy defense work. And whenever mm-hmm. you have like a like Ferguson who's out there and really no fault of his own, like he's he's a guy who's learning how to do this stuff really <laughs> on the fly, um, he's a liability in a lot of ways. And so and Paul George made himself a liability last night without you know, putting in the effort and Mello is probably already that and Russ is already that, and I thought Adams had I mean he had an amazing dunk in that game, but I thought overall didn't have a great game. It was just there's a lack of energy, and maybe you know you'll see that when they see the energy come back when they play Portland at home on on uh, Tuesday. But overall, uh, just an odd bad game. Kind of a I mean honestly, this is what we've come to expect from the Thunder when they play bad teams, uh, except for the Lakers like you mentioned. But when the, when the Thunder play bad teams they don't show up they're walking through you know sets they're just going through the motions and if they hit shots great you can you have a chance to win and if you don't then yeah
1: you're probably gonna lose yeah i mean they they played like a very real game as we said they try to exploit a lot of matchups uh with like one pass as much as like close to what they did at the beginning of the season sometimes they revert back to that um they they try to um take advantage of Yuli's size Mm -hmm. which yeah they they really scored on him but I thought that overall the flow of the offense wasn't great as well they had moments where everything went right uh, and again in the third quarter they made that I think 8-0 run or 10-0 run yeah 10-0 run Mm -hmm. yeah 10-0 run and where they said, well, well, where I said, well, now it's the moment they they turn this, and no, they didn't, uh, because uh, I think that Triano called a good timeout, and uh, and Phoenix really executed well the next few possession, and OKC there wasn't able to to really play any um, kind of good defense. Um, you can, I mean, uh, it, or, but that's it's fair to to say that. Phoenix will not eat 17 trees um, every night. Perfect. But, I mean, these are NBA player. Dragon Bender is a very young player who was talented and is, and he's, he's very sticky. Uh, in Europe, he was very sticky. I I, I had the chance to tag every shot of Bender uh, for Shyside uh, two summers ago. And, I mean, he was he had, like, games where he couldn't eat, like, for anywhere on the floor and others game where he could eat everything. Mm-hmm. And so, um, it's it's not, uh, like, totally a surprise to see him shooting the ball all that well, especially uh, since he had, like, the first two or three attempts completely wide open and probably, like, he had, like, one contested three? Maybe? Maybe <laughs> not. I mean, I, uh, I I don't remember any contest, uh, maybe some late contest by George or Anthony. And so, yeah, I mean, he you cannot allow yourself to be so lazy on defense or so out of, of the sink on defense. And especially when you're not hitting your shots. When you are, then yeah, probably you can you can you can play a softer defense. Against the Lakers, they didn't play like the best defense I, I ever seen, but they were scoring everything and so it's fine.
0: Yeah. Bender before this game had hit five threes once and then hadn't hit six threes in a game before. So this is his best shooting.
1: Night,
0: you know, against against the the OKC Thunder, who are the fifth ranked defense. Uh, It didn't look like that at all last night, but they're still the fifth ranked defense, twelfth ranked offense, tied for sixth in net rating. Uh, Those numbers are pretty good. Like this is a good team, and I was talking to Jay about it before the game. I, I I have a lot of confidence in what this team can do. Uh, especially when they have a quality opponent, and we've seen that time and time again. They play Houston, they play Golden State. Um, like they show up, and they're a great team. And I expect to see a better team on the floor Tuesday night against Portland. And they've got a really tough back-to-back on Wednesday yep. night in Minnesota, which I would—I mean, I would go ahead and call it a loss. Uh, but I think that they'll show up in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Like this, this team, they're. veteran team and sometimes these veteran teams they just think that they can show up and and beat the dragon benders and josh jackson's of the world and probably most of the time they do but if they don't give the effort like these dudes are like in the top you know 200 best nba player or best basketball players in the world like they're gonna hit shots um and speaking of josh jackson like man like i don't know if that was his best game of the season uh probably it probably was he was really good like he was really impressive he's a good passer uh i thought he struggled he definitely struggled to defend russ um but he's gritty and he's he's fun i i i thought he was
1: great last night yeah this is probably what uh you expected uh from him um picking up uh picking up at four mm-hmm. in the last uh, last year draft i mean he was this kind of player, like an energy guy, a shot maker. He, he, he made like good shots uh, yesterday. And so, yes, this is what he, you can expect. The best version of J- uh, Josh Jackson is some, someone that can create for others, that crushes the rebounds, uh, and then can make like shots. Uh, and so I think that Phoenix missed him for a good part of the season. Um, but, um, I, I think he can be that player. To, to which level? It's it's up to debate, but um, I mean, the material is there, uh, and also I, I can't be completely uh, mad about like Sun, the Suns winning because I mean I I really love Devin Booker and yeah I think I mean did I I, I told you the story about when I cried the night of the draft when they when Phoenix <laughs> took him around, I, I almost basically. cried
0: yeah <laughs> I, I oh, was all for that. That's a big what if. There's a lot of draft what ifs. Like those are kind of easy, kind of low hanging fruit ones. But that Booker one is huge, just because. I mean, they really could have used a guy like that off the bench. Um, He's so good, and he's so young
1: still. How old is he? He's like he's Sabonis age. is 1996, I think. Yeah, which is crazy. Yeah, yeah, because he
0: was 18 when he came into the league. Yeah, which is just nuts.
1: And it's late, nineteen ninety six. It's like October the year. So it's almost like yeah. it's just turned twenty one. Barely, uh, barely 21, Yeah, just turned twenty one,
0: which is insane for a guy that this is his third year in the league. Uh, let's 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 talk more about this Thunder team. They played really well in Los Angeles. Like this was this team was on fire. And I was my point. I was getting to my point when I was talking to Jay that like I really believe in this team. I think that they can make a run, you know, come playoff time. I think they're going to be a really, really strong team come playoff time. I don't anticipate this will be the same roster after the buyout candidates and the trade deadline. Um, Speaking of the trade deadline, trade deadline is a month from today. Um, And so the Thunder, I feel like they've got to go find somebody. Uh, Ferguson had, you know, two good games, but last night I think you saw – more of what we would see from him on a regular basis if he was starting, uh, mm. and everybody who was ready to jump on the Terrence Ferguson should start. Uh, it's a it's a pretty big reality check. Like this kid is he's got a lot of talent and potential, uh, but for a guy to just come in and be able to score you know ten or twelve points a game like that, I think you're just kind of dreaming. Um, you know he shoots still shoots with confidence. He did last night too. Uh, but I just don't think that he's quite ready for the spotlight. Certainly not to be the starter. But even, I, I mean, I definitely question whether he's ready to even take on a, a large bench role. Um, but what are your what are your thoughts on Ferguson? And then on this team needing another guy because I think they need probably one more wing or guard to make like a serious
1: Western Conference
0: Finals run. Yeah.
1: Yeah, uh, I agree with you. Um, I I think that uh, Ferguson. I mean, as I said before, I mean he he has talent for sure. He he can jump. He he's like a, a physical specimen for this league. And so I I think that when you see him go off for twenty six, and then the the day after he is playing defense against Blake Griffin with all the disclaimer that Blake doesn't play all that physical with uh, little guys. Mm -hmm. But, and also tonight, I mean, even if he was like not okay tonight on many levels, like on offense, he wasn't all that great. And on defense, he missed uh, Booker plenty of time. I think that he did like a better job than Paul George on David Booker. Uh, Booker went off like as soon as Ferguson got to the bench. Um, I'm not saying that he, he... was like a a booker stopper by any means but he put his body in the right positions Mm -hmm. he's still jumpy uh, as Billy says and but tonight he was in the passing lane he was trying to use his length to bother uh, passes and and shots I think uh, like I remember us talking about him uh, being like unaware of, or where he was on defense coming draft time or unaware of where his position was on offense I think that he's slowly learning where to be on the floor uh, and this is so important so even if he's not ready yet to take a role uh, and we seen last season with Sabonis that he was much more ready to, to, to play he didn't play in the playoffs so right. uh, I don't expect him to play but I would love to see him getting regular minutes uh to, at this point, to see, maybe in the next five to ten games, to see if he can make the most of it. Because if you can give him, uh, like, ten minutes per night, seven to ten minutes per night, uh, maybe with the second unit, um, to to like keep learning about this position, um, where to be on the court, what to do uh, at this level. It's, it's very important, uh, especially because, I mean, you, you saw that he can go off on any night mm-hmm. uh, if it's his night then let him go if it's not then you can you have other people and this comes this goes to I mean, the idea that OKC needs someone else I think the answer is yes and it's not easy to find and um, OKC has not many uh, trade chips and I think that the, that you have to trade Alex and Grant if you want to to get something reasonably good and yeah. so in that in that case, you miss, uh, like, a guard wing and someone that can play backup center. So it's tricky.
0: Yeah, I mean, and I, you know, Sam has obviously a great track record in trades like this. You know, at this time last year, everybody's like, well, what in the world can you get for Cameron Payne? Like, you're not getting anything for him. Uh, Sam has his ways. And at this point, like... I'm not going to doubt what he can do. Uh, and, and maybe like teams are going to catch on. They're like, you know what? I'm not trading with Sam Presti (laughs) because of what he's done (laughs) over the past, you know, couple years. Uh, but I do trust that Sam is going to be able to find something and it may end up being a buyout guy. Um, but I do think the trade market will be interesting. I think that there's some guys available and we covered some of those on Friday. Uh, I feel like there's some guys available. And I think you if Utah continues to struggle, they've got a lot of really interesting wings that they mm-hmm. don't necessarily have as a part of their future, like a Tabo or uh, Alec Burks I really like. And so I think like one of those guys would be a tremendous help to this team. And one of the reasons that they really need another guy is that Alex Sabrinas, man, like we're – I think we're two of the biggest Alex Sabrinas fans in the world right now. Uh, He's really struggled and I partially blame Billy, but I also kind of, I just, I don't really know how to explain the rest of it because he's had a pretty horrendous season.
1: Yeah. Uh, He had like a a down year and coming to the season, I was so pumped about these chances to, to take a bigger role. And Part for sure is he didn't start the season after uh, the right foot uh, because he was injured, and you can find like many excuses. But the bottom line is Billy doesn't trust him, and he, right. he hasn't shown anything uh, to for like to have a case uh, for starting in, in place of, uh, of Terrence Ferguson. So I mean it's sure probably if Billy gives him like regular minutes every night and. Uh, find this footing with with the shot, then probably we will be talking about something else. But also like from Billy's point of view, I mean you really want your guy to be ready when you call them. Yeah. Uh, and so Yes, probably you can find excuses, you can find ways to uh, to say, well, maybe it's not all his fault for sure. Uh, like the team is has like different parts and probably to to, to to make the most of it, you have to work in the same direction. And clearly, uh, the and uh, the coaching staff are not going toward the same direction, at least not now. Um, and so I'm... In some sense, it makes like what we said made made sense at the time because they were struggling to find like offensive rhythm and okay, see, and Abrenes like provides spacing, but the level that is played on defense is abysmal. Like, uh, like I, I I saw like some possession where you say, well, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Like, you're you're really out of the, the like the rules and the the. the, the, the the assignment that they have for you uh, on the on the defensive end, and, and teams were like targeting you more than Ennis or any other player that we saw uh, wearing an OKC jersey uh, as of late. So it's it has been painful painful to watch for me personally uh, because I was again <laughs> I was really high on uh, on Alex coming into the season. Yeah, he
0: he fouls too much. He seems yeah. to be in the wrong place uh, on defense quite a bit. Uh, he seems like he's always trying to get to the spot um, that he's supposed to be at, like two or three seconds behind. Uh, you can't play those guys. And the Thunder needs shooting pretty badly. They are 18th in three-point percentage on the season, uh, and they don't really even, well, let's see, where are they at in attempts? I think they're in the middle. They're 16th in attempts. They they could definitely stand to take more threes, and they need more shooters without a doubt. But we know for sure that Billy. If you can't defend, you're not you're not going to play. You know, Billy Donovan will not play you if you can't defend, and that's just been the story of Alex Pernice this season. And I think they should trade him. I really do. I think that they need another guy for this run, and I I like Alex a lot. I think that if you sent him to a team like the Jazz, like he would thrive. Um, yeah. it would be a perfect situation for him, and. You know, I think that next season you're going to see Alex and maybe Josh Hustis, both on different teams. And the, I don't know if the Thunder are going to be able to get other wings. I think that, I mean, you, those are replaceable guys. They're not guys that you're, you know, you should be crying about, but I think that they're going to, you're going to look at both those guys and be like the Thunder had those guys, like those guys are on the Thunder bench. Cause I really think that they both have a lot of talent um, but for whatever reason they are in, I mean, Josh has been playing more without a doubt. And, you know, I don't think that it's a foregone conclusion that Josh is gone. Um, but I just feel like a has been a little bit mishandled this season. Uh, he's certainly been bad, but I feel like his role has been a little mishandled and, um, I think that they should do him a favor and trade him to a good situation and bring back somebody that Billy would play. Because, like, Alec Burks would play a ton for Billy. Uh, mm-hmm. Tabo would play a ton oh, for yeah. Billy. Yeah. <laughs> um, and both have been good this season. Both have been good from three. Both are, you know, Alec less so than Tabo on the defensive end. But they're both good defenders, and uh, they would both play. And both could be, you know, Tabo's not as allergic to offense as Andre Robertson is so I think that both those guys could either one of those guys could close so if the Jazz continue to struggle they're going to want building blocks for the future and the Thunder have at least a couple and I would even consider trading Ferguson I know that maybe people think I'm absolutely insane for that now after what he did against the Lakers but you know this is this is a different kind of Thunder team in the past like if this was like the Durant teams that you really just felt like this team's going to be around forever, then you know you don't trade a guy like that. But if you can get a guy that can help you today and is still going to be under contract for the next couple of years, that is a help now. I think that more so than ever with this Oklahoma City Thunder team, they need to consider those kind of things.
1: Yeah, um, I was looking at the at some trades like yesterday, and I mean. Cephalosh and Yudo for a Brinus and Grant, I would do it in a heartbeat. Yeah. Like, in a heartbeat. And maybe you, you need to add some pick, maybe you need to, like, to endure the wheel a bit. But um, as I said, I mean, to, to make a serious run, you need a versatile, versatile defender that can hit a tree. And probably if you try to run me a backup center, because. I, I'm. I still. Com- I'm still convinced that the best way to use 2-Path is alongside, uh, alongside a center, like a real center, uh, that can avoid him being paired with some like bigger guy on uh, on the defensive end. Um, so yeah, I mean, I I think that OKC will look into that, uh, and um, I'm not sure they will they will trade Ferguson unless like something exceptional. Uh, yeah, comes into yeah,
0: like. Yeah, I agree. I don't think that they tra- I don't think that Sam will do it because I think Sam still has a pretty similar mindset that he did, you know, a few years ago. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm just saying, I, I would even have said don't trade Ferguson back then. But today I'm, and again, people will probably think that I'm a big idiot because he he will contribute to this team mm-hmm. in the next few years. He will for sure. Um, but this particular run is maybe the most important, maybe the second most important Thunder run ever, you know, yeah. as, as far as how things go down the stretch.
1: Yeah. And again, I, I, I don't think they, they will, um, uh, it's not untradable. It, uh, it's yeah. for sure, but you have to, to really find a, um, a good trade partner because with the Brookies, if you see something, it's almost always worthwhile to, uh, to give an extended look and see uh, if that comes, uh, comes handy. Uh, about the point of Eustace and Grant, I was also thinking about Lance Thomas. So, uh, do you remember when he was reasonably good on defense? He was hitting, like, probably close to to none of his shots, but you saw that, uh, like, his shooting motion was more uh, compact than Robertson once. Yeah. uh, And so, after that, we, I mean, the same reason that applied back then to to Thomas, I think, applies to Eustace. So, maybe maybe he's just a good uh, player, but you can find many of them. I, I'm not sold on Josh being like a generational <laughs> talent or, <laughs> or something like that. So you, you can, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you can, I mean, Lance Thomas is a good player but how many land summons there are in the league. And so I think that Josh can be on that level. And so having him for two millions next season would have been like awesome. But uh, I'm sure if that is a move that uh, in the end will matter all that much. So You can find, you can find ninth, eighth,
0: ninth, and 10th guys. Like those yeah, are, those exactly. are not, those are the easiest spots to fill. You know, the yeah. Thunder, if they can keep this team together, they've already filled the most difficult spots to fill right starting lineup all-stars superstars like oh great you've got them now fill the team around them that's a lot easier especially if if paul george decides to resign even if it's only one year and there's veterans that are out there the thunder are going to be able to get more veterans like they did at ray felton you know they're going to be able to get guys on the minimum to come and play in OKC. i just don't I, I, you're right that no one should be like super upset about losing, you know, a Houston or Jeremy Grant or guys like that. Like these are replaceable guys um, for sure. And if they trade them, they're able to bring back somebody who's on a little bit longer contract or they could, they could use this, this year. I, I think it's worthwhile to, to give that a look
1: and to, and to try that. Yeah. And to, to be completely clear, I really like Josh Hustis as a player, And I, if I, if, like, the decision was up to me, I will probably have, like, confirmed the, the fourth-year options because it's just yeah. money. And probably you could have traded him back, like, in the summer before, like, uh, his cap hit. Especially if he plays, like, okay during the season, y- you can send him out for free. If he's, like, terrible, come on, like, two millions is just maybe maybe a second-round pick. Maybe. Yeah. But yeah. you can give, like, cash considerations. And, and mm-hmm. That's enough.
0: I understand the decision that Presti made. It was certainly a financial decision, but the further you get away from it, the worse it looks um, yeah. for OKC. Because he's at least going to get, I don't know, like 4 or $5 million a year, probably at least,
1: from a team, which
0: is not it dep- much. Um, it depends.
1: It depends. How many, like, Shabazz Muhammad took the minimum last season. Like, after having, like, a an OK, season yeah. like they play of the play worse than him, uh, and so I mean maybe like coming like during the free agency, the big pieces will will uh, will go out early, and then like every team's basically is cut out, and who is going to offer like more than the the two millions and a half that OKC can to Josh? Maybe no one. Yeah, that's uh, true. I think it's a gamble, and like there, it is like I, I, again I would. I would have taken like another direction but next year like, the teams will have close to zero money uh, to throw around, yeah. and if you haven't had like a player under your wing uh, it's, I'm not sure if you if you go out and say well I, I'll offer like the mid-level exception off of the mid-level exception to Josh yeah. uh, like I don't know yeah.
0: It'll it'll be mildly interesting. I did talk to a scout yeah. about Josh and he knew like nothing about him. So maybe maybe teams don't care <laughs> as much about Josh Hughes as we do. Yeah. Um let's preview some games for for this week. So Tuesday night, the Thunder get the Portland Trailblazers, who are they just beat San Antonio last night, but San Antonio without Leonard, who is hurt again. Which is so crazy. Uh, I feel really bad for Kawhi. <laughs> I don't know how long this will keep him out. He's got like a partially torn shoulder. I think that's right. I'm, this is all at the top of my head, so I'm not. I'm not reading anything. Um, I don't know how long that'll keep him out, but it really sucks for for him and kind of this season for him uh, has been kind of a bummer. But the Spurs continue to be the Spurs, and they're just probably going to win you know, eight of their next 10 games anyways, but, um, it's a big deal. It's kind of a big deal for, for him to be out, but the, the Blazers, um, they're, they're kind of a confusing team to me. I kind of like what they have, they're, they're 21 and 18. Uh, they've got a good defense. Their offense has been abysmal this season. I'm trying to look up what their offensive rating is, um, today. Cause they've just been awful. Um, which is strange to look at their personnel and to think, yeah, they're 24th in offense at a one Oh three point one. Uh, and then their defensive rating, their fourth just or actually, they're tied with OKC for the fourth spot at one Oh two point eight. And they have a point three net rating, uh, which is good for 15th. So like they're like a okay team. Uh, but we saw earlier this season, the Thunder played them and they got pretty hot. Uh, and so it's been a while since these teams have met, and I feel like they're very much different teams at this point in the season. And the Thunder, if they show up, will uh, should be able to take care of this team.
1: Yeah, um, and also there are like uh, when a player uh, needs to go out uh, on the record and say, um, "I'm quoting." like I always say we play for a great person and whatever struggle that we have is not his fault his fault referring to Terry Stotts and this is Lillard Um, I think that he like the situation that they have in Portland is weird like Terry Stotts is one of the the better coaches in the NBA Mm -hmm. Uh, he's I mean his sets are Great an office, and to see them struggling this uh, as much as they as they as they have in the season is is very confusing, as you said. And so they will probably have all the motivation to go out against Thunder and to prove that what they are doing uh, is worthwhile. Uh, also for for their coach, because I think that that group is uh, even if weirdly uh, uh, like United, they are uh, they are a whole thing, and so. Uh, they, they will have extra motivation um, when they play the Thunder. And so I'm, I'm looking forward to see uh, which face of OKC will show up uh, next game. Yeah, it's
0: it's a big deal. The, I think part of the the problem with the Blazers is that they just have such a lack of shooting, like similar to the Thunder, basically, um, that the guys that hit from three, like Myers Leonard has shot well from three, but he didn't play. Uh, CJ McCollum is 42% on the season on 5.7 attempts a game. That's great. Uh, Shabazz Napier, who is playing way more than he should for this team, um, 41% from three. Alfred Camino uh, is a guy that we've kind of been texting back and forth about, a guy that John Hamm has brought up as like a guy that would be really great for OKC, 40% on 4.8 uh, three-point attempts per game, which is kind of crazy. And then Damian Lillard's only 36% from three this season. Um which is, which is a little, little crazy, uh, and he's also he was held out of the previous game with a right calf strain, uh, and they don't know if he's going to play against OKC, so that would be kind of a big deal if Dame didn't yeah. play against OKC. Yeah, um, but yeah, Dame he's had a down seasons before. Uh, in 2014, 15, he was only 34 percent from three. He's 35 this season, but every other season he was uh, around 37 percent um from three so uh it's really not that far off from his career averages but this is a, this is a good team joseph nurkic is a guy that uh has killed the thunder in the past for whatever reason he's very physical he's a good player uh he's not as good as everybody thought he might be down the stretch of last season um but he's still really solid uh they've got you know evan turner plays a big role for this team harkless plays a big role for this team but um Overall, this is this is another winnable game at home. The Thunder usually play better at home, uh, unless they're playing Dallas. Uh, <laughs> so, this is, again, like this the Thunder have a favorable matchup here uh, against the Blazers, especially if Dre can play. Here on basketball reference, it says that Dre isn't expected to be back before mid January, and I hadn't heard that before. So, I don't know if they have information or if they're just like, throwing that up there and then when he comes back they'll just put him in as active um but i i don't know anything about andre's status as of today we may know more later on after practice um but yeah it's that's that's a big deal too if if they can get dre back and if lillard is playing uh they're they're gonna need a guy like dre to
1: defend those guys yeah, and we we discussed that a lot. Um, one of the things that uh, the Thunder needs, uh, it's someone that can guard little players. Because I think that, mm-hmm. um, like, Andre does a great job, for sure. Um, I think that Paul George does a better job against bigger guys. Yeah. And, yeah, he can, of course, depend like a guy, like a ball handlers. But I think that if OKC can find someone that can play... Uh, alongside RAS and with the second unit that can really stop uh, smaller guards. That would be a key. That's why I, I love Amino, and I would do it again in Harpit, but finding someone that can actually guard uh, the point of attack uh, would be so useful for KC. Yeah,
0: yeah, without a doubt. That's like another, like, Tabo would be. <laughs> we, yeah, We know, was, we know Tabo yeah. well. He would be fantastic
1: at something like that. Exactly. I mean, Lane like, Tabo was probably, Tabo Perk was the best pick and roll coverage uh, duo in the NBA for a long time. Mm-hmm. And, and it's weird that now, like, uh, Robertson and, and Adams are basically doing the same. Right. Uh, it's it, it's almost like uh, Mark Bryan is a great coach, uh, <laughs> like a big man coach, uh, and he's able to find all these um, players that can, um, like, that. That can do on the court what he preaches yeah he's done he's done an amazing job uh, with okay command. i
0: think right it's no accident that no. they have put together those two i mean they the thunder are clearly looking that's that's a part of what they're looking for is yeah. a defensive two and then this just beast of a center and they've got it locked up for the foreseeable future Um, for the thunder which is really helpful to maintaining like this top five level defense you know you wonder like how do the how do the thunder have a top five level defense i think that you look at that first yeah so the thunder have a back-to-back which is not great they play the minnesota timberwolves in minnesota so this is a true back-to-back the thunder had the la back-to-back because they get to stay in the same hotel they play in the same building you know, it's barely a back-to-back, except for you're just playing two nets in a row. Uh, the Thunder have a true back-to-back. They play in OKC Tuesday night against Portland, and then they fly to Minnesota. Probably, they usually do that same night, um, and they'll play in Minnesota that night. In Minnesota, uh, they're 25-16. and 16. They're fourth in the West right now. That's where the Thunder would like to be. Uh, I, I think the Thunder will end up being fourth or fifth, and... You clearly would like to have home court advantage, especially the Thunder team that's played much, much better at home. Uh, they are without Jeff Teague right now. And some people may question whether that's good or bad for them because uh, Teague has not had the best season. Uh, but this is, a, this is a solid offensive team. They still really struggle defensively, uh, which is... I don't know if it's weird because you look at the personnel and you think, you know, maybe this team should be able to defend, but they're the 20th best defense in the NBA at a one Oh six point seven. Um, they're a fifth in offense though at a one Oh nine point seven. And then they are tied uh, with OKC in net rating at a three uh, this team obviously has a lot of talent. This is the fourth time this, these teams uh, will have played we know this team well. Jimmy Butler has really come on as of late. Uh, he's kind of emerged as their, like, for sure number one guy. Uh, when the Thunder played them at home last time, they, it looked like Andrew Wiggins was kind of their guy that was going to make shots and take shots. Uh, but as the season gone on, it's been Jimmy Butler and Towns and Wiggins all kind of sharing that more so, and and Jimmy really taking on that role. Uh, so this is a good team, McKelly, and it would be a really nice win. If the Thunder could get back-to-back wins against these two, these two quality opponents, uh, that would be a big deal. I think the Thunder can do it because I believe that, that this team has a really high ceiling and that if they really compete um, on the defensive end, then they have a chance to beat anybody on any night. Um, but I do have my doubts about how they'll play on a back-to-back in Minnesota.
1: Yeah, uh, it is a very hard game, especially because I mean, I think that if Anders plays, um, they can have like even if it's a back to back, they can have like uh, the numbers to to go and, and try to snag a win. Uh, that would actually be important for their uh, for their season because it's it's the last game of the of the regular season between these two teams, and. Yeah, as you said, they will probably face each other in the first round of the playoffs uh, mm-hmm. bearing some like crazy run from either uh, Minnesota or OKC in the second part of the season. And so it's really important. And I think that the, uh, when OKC realized that that is an important game to win, they usually show up and... Um, and I want to see their offense uh, coming back to a good level after the Phoenix game, and against a defense like a peak and world defense, um, like Minnesota, where they had like a lot of trouble guarding the point of attack, especially uh, with a like a player that didn't play as much uh, in this in his NBA career. Um, it will be a good test for KC to see where they are at and if they can actually pull this kind of uh, uh, if they can. Pull this trigger, and, and, and if they have like the playoff level, uh, like, and as I said, I mean Jimmy Butler has played a, a totally another level in the second part of the of the season like, as a played and I want to see him um, again, um, like competing against a guy like Paul George. I always love that kind of matchup, uh, and I. I I hope that uh, these two guys can guard each other. And um, I think to the first few games, uh, it was Robertson that guard guarded Butler. But I wonder if like Paul George can bother, can bother him more because I mean, Robertson can, can do an amazing job on Wiggins uh, yeah. because Wiggins is not as smart as Butler as a basketball player. And so I think that trying to play um, to, to, to give an assignment to Paul George against a great player like Butler can boost his case for being like one of the top defender in the league and so uh, I would love to see to see that on, on Wednesday yeah uh,
0: to kind of speak to the change that Butler's had over the past you know few weeks in November in 15 games he was 17.9 points per game four point five assists in december he has 26 points per game five assists i mean that's that's a pretty stark difference almost 10 points per game more for jimmy butler and he is again established himself as the best player on this team which we all knew that before Mm -hmm. um but now that he's actually taken that role on i think that it's helped minnesota be a better team uh so the, the kind of weird thing about this team is that they've got a really great defensive coach they've got a few good defensive players but i feel like the missing link in them being a great defense is that towns is just not any good um what is up with that because i didn't like coming in to the league i didn't i thought he was supposed to be a good defender i thought when he had kg alongside him like he played pretty well defensively his rookie season um but
1: can you explain, like, why, like, what is bad about him on defense? Well, what is bad is is quite simple. He it, it, it doesn't put his body in the right position almost never in the, in, in pick and roll coverages. He's always um, either a step too high or a step too low uh, when he tries to, to edge or to or to drop um, in um, guarding a pick and roll. And then the the physicality is not there. He shies away from contact. He does the Bargnani side jump instead of jumping towards uh, the men. No, you, do, you never want to be told that you do the Bargnani side jump. Exactly. <laughs> the, poor, the poor guy retired from basketball. Yeah. Uh, did, oh, did you know that? Ready? I did not yeah. know that. He, he wrote like a Facebook post uh, in Italian says that saying that he has other things to do. And wow. he, he's not playing because he doesn't want to. So it's so sad. And yeah, I'm sure I mean, the NBA just killed his joy for the game. I mean, that is uh, crazy. Yes, but I, I'm not sure how much the NBA is to blame there. Um, Interesting. <laughs> yeah, we don't I have mean, to talk uh, more Bargnani We can talk no, no, Bargnani no. off the pot. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, but the side the sidestep is real, and so um, having KG there probably gave him like the right start in this league. I remember Zach Low talking, um, making like a, an interview with him and saying afterwards the town was killing itself because he wasn't in the right spot defensively. Huh. I'm sure that that uh, attention for details, details on defense is no longer there um, because you can see him getting at least, uh, he's not improving. And so um, he's static in his improvement on defense. And so it, it's really weird coming off um, his Kentucky stint because he, he, I mean, he was doing the right thing back there Granted, the NBA talent is totally different and for centers, it's much harder to learn how to play defense in the league um, compared to other positions. But man, he, he doesn't put uh, like the effort there. Uh, like a friend of mine that follows Minnesota closely said to me that in the last two weeks it seems that he's getting a tad better on that end, that we will see that if that is true or not. Sure. But um, he's so disappointed as well. So, um, I'm not sure what happens with him. He has all the tools, all the like he's smart. He knows where to be if he wants to. So it's just a matter of how, how much do you want to be the best on the ends. events.
0: Yeah. And I think that it's easy to focus on Towns' defensive deficiencies because of how much it hurts his team. But he is we talked about Josh Houston's not being a generational talent. Uh Carl Anthony Towns is a generational talent. <laughs> He's oh yeah. oh yeah. His offensive ability uh is close to unmatched in the NBA with the way that he can stretch out and score in the post and pass and I mean, he is absolutely outstanding. And I more and more understand the Todd Gibson pairing with him. Um when they did that this summer, I was like, "That makes no sense. You have no spacing." Like Towns can space, um, and he really, I really feel like he needs a tough nosed guy next to him to be successful, um, and for this Minnesota team to be successful. And I think that that Gibson signing was one of the better signings in the off season for a team because without him, like if they, I don't know who they'd start. If, I don't think they'd start Jang next to him, but if they started, had to start a guy like Jang next to him like who knows where they'd be, even if they had Jimmy Butler, like they may, you know, be one of the worst defenses in the NBA. Uh, You know, they're already bottom 10, you know, they may be bottom five without Gibson and, you know, be in big time trouble. So, you know, Towns needs somebody, even like, like if he had like an Ibaka next to him, that would be almost perfect. Oh, Oh, wow. That would be awesome. Um, but yeah, he's, he's great. And it's easy to kind of be down on him because he's not where he should be defensively. But he's still, I think he's 21 too. Like, he's super yep. young. Like, he's like he's still like five or six years away from his prime. So we're talking about, it's really easy to criticize these guys. But I feel like Townsy's going to learn. He's going to figure stuff out. Even if he's not like an elite level defender. I think that at some point in his career, he's going to be a passable level defender. Uh, and like, watch out because he is going to kill teams and you know i feel like there's a lot of centers if they can stay healthy um, and become really great defenders like you're gonna need big guys again you know the the thunder have a good big guy in steven adams you're gonna need big guys again you know golden state will eventually slow down and then if you know guys like towns and Embiid and porzingis if those guys can stay healthy and become you know really strong in the best you know players in the nba you may see a resurgence in the center position because of those dudes
1: yeah and um, yeah you are right you made a good point to saying saying that towns is a generational talent i mean i don't I, with my comments on this defense i i made these comments just because i i think that he can be the greatest like uh, one of the greatest centers of all time. He, yeah. he has the, the opportunity and the ability and the talent to be that. Uh, I remember uh, that someone, and I, I agree with that, or probably it was me, I don't remember. Uh, I, I think he could have led like uh, a Tim Duncan-like career. Yeah, I, I, I'm that high on his talent. Um, and sometimes it's, if he clicks in the next few seasons, like he he will be that like yeah uh, he, he has all the tools again Um i'm i'm being so harsh with him just because he, he like when you're when you have talent you have like you can bear more critics i think sure 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 sure
0: yeah and he he deserves all the criticisms on the defensive end because i i mentioned it earlier i do think that he's the reason that they're 20th in defense because they've got yeah. other pieces that should be able to be there. He and Wiggins, really, both guys yeah. who are supposed to be good, at, you know, good athletic defenders coming out of college, um, have both been like weirdly negatives on the defensive end for their teams.
1: Yeah, Wiggins has other issues to me. Like, yeah. Well, What's, <laughs> what the, what are, well, tell me, what are the issues with Wiggins? No, I mean, he, I think he struggles a lot in uh, having understanding. Uh, the, like the concept of spacing of positioning of uh, I, I think with Wiggins uh, an awareness it, it is an awareness issue. Uh, mm-hmm. more so than um, than like a commitment level. Uh, sometimes he he is a commitment level because he's not in a defensive stand, stance stance and something like that. But the, the like on offense and defense, um, the ability of Wiggins to really understand the game is totally in a different league um, from Towns. Towns knows the game on both ends and for different reasons he chooses or he is not able to and part of the reason is he is paired with one of the worst uh, pick and roll defenders in the league in Teague. is not a good uh, point of attack defender. If you pair him with Marcus Smart for half of the season probably you will see Towns getting better because you can trust the other guy. Towns cannot trust him in any defensive coverage and so that is part of the problem. With, with with Wiggins I think that he really he can be an okay one-on-one defender but as soon as you, you put him in a different spot he's not able as of now to recognize where to be and what choices uh, to make uh, when he screen. What, what I do I go behind or I go uh, over the screen. Uh, I, I follow this guy, or I stay put because I can. Uh, I can leave him there because it's not a threat. Um, similar to Grant, I think it is a similar situation to Jeremy Grant, where sometimes he makes the, the wrong choice to to, to either um, make a hard close out on a guy that doesn't deserve it, or stay put when the, when he faces a shooter. So um, it's an awareness and an IQ, an overall IQ issue to me uh, with Wiggins.
0: Which is kind of scary because those are the kind of things that are the hardest things to overcome, and yeah. that usually gives you a pretty hard ceiling. Uh, I thought that's what was one of Ibaka's things is that, mm-hmm. it may maybe not defensively because I thought he was great he, and he still is great on the defensive end, um, but on the offensive end, like he just really struggles to make quick decisions, and that IQ yeah. stuff is is really what put a pretty hard ceiling on him because it looks like he could be like a all-star type guy like when he got traded to orlando and he's he's been really good for toronto like i don't have any complaints about how he's been there or even who who he was with okc because i don't think he was asked to do these things but um he does have a pretty low iq on the offensive end and he's not a great passer he's not a great decision maker he's just basically catch and shoot um yeah but if you can be elite defender catch and shoot like wow like that's that's tough to find um but yeah, it definitely puts a ceiling on you, and it's kind of scary for Wiggins, in particular, uh, especially with that max deal <laughs>
1: that he's got now. Well, but you can, you can. I mean, playing as much as an NBA player does is is helping you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so even if you you cannot be the smartest defender uh, in the league with all these physical tools, so like at some point it will probably be adequate to to yeah. be on the, like on on your prime you will you will never be a, a real liability um you can be like Harry, Harrison barnes like uh defender sure. uh, yeah you're not the best uh, probably lebron will will take advantage of you but your physical you 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 probably be able to recognize more situation as the time comes i remember Ibaka uh, doing that one one dribble pass in the corner which was like completely mechanical but at least he recognizes when to do that yeah <laughs> and he was applying something so yeah if a new situation comes to you probably you will not able to recognize what to do but you see a ton of situation and you practice a ton of stuff and so <laughs> sooner or later you will some things will get uh, like inside you in some sense and you will be able to recognize part of like a lot a lot more situation than what you do now and so yeah uh, it puts a ceiling a certain ceiling on your defensive iq for sure
0: last game of the week the thunder get two days of rest after that back-to-back which will be nice and then they get to play in charlotte on saturday night And if you're a Thunder fan and you haven't really kept up with Charlotte, believe it or not, they're only 15 and 23. That team that came in and destroyed the Thunder here at the Chesapeake Energy Arena is not a good basketball team. Wow. I can't believe it. It's crazy. The Thunder lost to a bad team, McKelly. It's just, it's insane. Uh, In fact, this Hornets team lost to the Lakers last night. Yeah. Um, So, well, did they, wait a minute. No, no, they beat the Lakers. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, beat the Lakers 108-94. So this the Charlotte team should be a team the Thunder roll over, but if I see a record like fifteen and twenty three, my first thought is uh oh. Like <laughs> and it's been that for weeks now, right? Yeah. And I and yeah. we that's what I said previewing last week was like, Oh man, they put Lakers, Clippers and Phoenix like crap. Like this the Thunder yeah, Prime to two lose one. all three of those. Yeah. Two one is a great record right two to one two to one on those bad teams great and you know it wouldn't it would be the least surprising thing to me of the season if the thunder beat portland at home minnesota on the road and then lose to charlotte on saturday night like it would i would just be like yep that's what that's the thunder that's the thunder (laughs) that i know uh they have a four o'clock tip uh central time uh, which is really unusual on saturday for
1: for the thunder but uh just, Thank you, NBA. Um, I'll yeah. be able to watch it live without messing up with my inexistent. Right. What, what,
0: what time will it be for you? Uh,
1: 11. 11. Hey,
0: oh, okay. <laughs> that still sounds <laughs> it's, pretty
1: brutal it's... to me, but
0: not as bad as it has been, I guess. No. Um, yeah, I mean, this Charlotte team, they, they've got you – know, Kimball Walker is really, really good. Um, and I kind of hope for his sake that he gets a chance to go somewhere else, like that he can go play for somebody else and that they – can maybe get some assets and you know try to reset this because I don't think that the Kimball Walker and Nick Batum Dwight Howard uh, Hornets are going to be doing anything in the near future at all. So it'd be, it would be nice to see him go to a place, even like the Knicks, to play with
1: Porzingis. I feel like he would be great. At, at, no, there's at the Frank Nilikina for that. Oh, leave the poor Frank Nilikina alone. Milikina <laughs> wouldn't be too bad next to Kemba Walker, though. No, you're right. But I mean, the shooting is worrisome, then. Because well, Kemba has yeah, improved, yeah. but but yeah, could be. Yeah, but he's... I don't know. Kim. But I feel like he's very
0: good. And he he deserves a little bit of a spotlight, I feel like. I feel like he would be great um, for a big market team like that. They would fall in love with him. Kind of like the Isaiah Thomas in, um, in Boston. You know how <laughs> the country fell in love with this dude because he's this little guy who's doing big things. And I think Walker is... He's bigger than um, Isaiah is, but he's kind of in a similar mold where he... Um, he's really good he can score a lot he's a good facilitator um, but again the charlotte team not good they've got you know some talent there with walker and you know batum is kind of trying to get back into it he hasn't had a good season at all um dwight howard's dwight howard you know jeremy lamb has been one of their most used players um on the team he's at 26 and a half minutes per game uh they also play uh marvin williams and michael gilchrist a lot who um, MKG is, is really not even close to what people had hoped he would be, um, no. in the NBA. And I feel like he could, he could probably use a fresh situation as well. Um, but yeah, not a good team, but again, we saw not a good team last night with thunder, uh, losing to Phoenix and uh, we've seen this team, this Thunder team, lose to this exact <laughs> Hornets team. Uh, they're missing Cody Zeller still. He should be out for this game as well. Um, he's supposed to miss six weeks, um, and I think this should be toward the tail end of it. But uh, we shouldn't see him. And he's one of the really one of their better players on the team. Um, but yeah, not a good Charlotte team. But again, the Thunder are really awesome at making bad teams look good.
1: Yeah, they. Like, the loss against Charlotte was similar to the one against Phoenix. They let him shoot the ball uh, as much as they as they want to from the three-point line. And that actually is a trouble against that team. Because if they get hot, they can stay hot. And, yeah. So, what about bringing back the old German M2 OKC? By a you trade. You mean, like, in a trade?
0: Man. Yeah. Yeah, no, I don't like
1: it. I was <laughs> joking. No, no, no. no, no. I, I, can, I can't trust Jeremy So, uh, and neither can the front office, apparently.
0: So, yeah, he feels like a guy that Billy wouldn't play. No. <laughs> if well, only because he looks
1: so tired. They always look tired and or sleepy like yeah. <laughs> every time. No, I like this team. Um, when they are healthy, they can be like an eight seed probably, a seven seed in the West. They have so many injury issues. Uh, so it seems like the two conferences need a team that is, like ragged by injury, on the on the east is Charlotte, on the west is the Pelicans. It seems like these two teams can can't find, but can catch a break uh, in terms of injuries. Every year they have something serious. Every year the best player is injured. So it's, I mean, they they all need a fresh start. Uh, Kilgus yeah. need a fresh start. Kemba uh, need a fresh start, uh, or they need like a two three year span where they can actually play healthy for a full season. Yes. Um, yeah, parties like actually trading for guys or signing guys that are that have like a uh, and like a bad injury uh, record, but part is just being unlucky. Yeah, without a doubt. Uh,
0: McKelly, anything else before we go?
1: No, so, I think we we said it all. I mean, I I really hope that the Thunder can can have like a good win against a bad team, which is something. Yeah. Weird to accept, like weird to ask for uh, a contender level or semi-contender level team, but yeah, that that right. is what I, I I want to. I want from this week.
0: Yeah, well, what they did to the Lakers, like we like to exactly. It's, it's good to see them just absolutely just rip a team to shreds. Yes, because uh, the team has a lot of fun, and I feel like it really helps them build on something. I really think that beating the Lakers helped them build on. You know, being able to beat the Clippers on the second out of back to back, a Clippers team that had been playing really well, um, you know, as of late, and so that was that was a really nice win. And so yeah. I feel like if they can roll Portland, and I feel like they can gain some momentum into Minnesota, and then if they can, whatever it, I don't know what it takes. I don't I don't know if it's coaching. I don't know if this is just these veterans that are just like, yeah, you know, we're playing Charlotte, we're playing Phoenix, you know, Sacramento, or whatever, you know. I don't know what it is, but they need to figure it out because if they are going to gain ground on Minnesota and they are going to have home court advantage in the first round, like they've, it starts now. Like you can't get to February, um, and you know, just hope that that's going to happen for you. Like, it's just not like they've, they've got a pretty weak month. They don't play a lot of games this month. They're going to have a chance for some rest. They've got to go in and destroy a Charlotte. They've got to kill Sacramento and the Lakers at home next week. They've got to destroy Brooklyn, you know, at home. Like they've got these easy wins. These should be "quote unquote" gimme wins, but they've given away so many of these gimme wins because they're not playing good defense. They're missing their free throws. They missed the you know they missed a lot of really close easy shots last night too. I mean, it was just it's just bad. It's just un it's really just unfocused basketball to me. And if yep. they can remain focused. Against these bad teams, I think that they should roll them pretty easy, but uh, that remains to be seen. Uh, McKelly, yep. thanks for coming on the show. Uh, do you have something else to say?
1: I'm sorry. No, no, no. Okay. I will say, yeah, that's uh, okay. right. know thanks for uh, having
0: me. Yeah, thanks for coming on again, McKelly. You got to follow McKelly on Twitter. He's always has really smart thoughts that he puts out there. At Mikey Barra, follow his project um, at Chart Underscore Side. If you love the draft, uh, Michele and uh, his project chart side will cover a lot of draft stuff, and so make sure that you're following them for that um, and for Thunder stuff as always. Uh, please follow him. Follow us on Twitter at Down to Dunk. Please leave us a five star iTunes review. You guys have been so so kind to do that. If you have time today, just click through your phone, search Down to Dunk in your iTunes app. Um, and you can, or not in your iTunes app, in your podcast app, you can just hit the search button and then type down to dunk. Leave us a five-star iTunes review. That really does mean a lot to us. And uh, we put a lot of effort into making you guys thunder shows every week. Uh, and if you listen week in and week out, leaving five stars is a really great way for you guys to kind of give back to us a little bit. So we appreciate that. Uh, and I hope you guys have a great day. We'll talk to you guys again on Wednesday.